For many, entrepreneurship does not happen overnight. This is true for Chiante Jones, founder of Dollars and Change, who quit her six-figure government job to become a self-employed financial coach in early 2022. Learn how Chiante mapped out an exit strategy for going full-time in her financial coaching business and some of the biggest entrepreneurial lessons learned this past year. Dollars and Change is dedicated to supporting the financial well-being and empowerment of women. As a financial coach, Chiante helps high-achieving professional women confidently manage their money so they can have the financial security and freedom to live the life they want, a richer and more fulfilling life. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Danielle Tazir Corbett, and this is the Thought Card Podcast, where we talk about travel and personal finance. If you want to hear my personal story of how I quit my job in 2021, while pregnant, by the way, to pursue creative entrepreneurship, listen to episode 83. And also in episode 72, that's a really good one with Daniela Flores. If you're looking for lucrative side hustle ideas and ways to balance side hustling with a nine to five job. Welcome to The Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. So Chiante, you side hustled for three and a half years. What are some of the first steps you took to prepare for going full-time and becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, so... Daniel, let me just be the first to say that I was not always entrepreneurial. So I was like that classic high achiever, followed a straight and narrow path, you know, grew up with a single mom. So I knew like this well-laid path to success was you go to college, you get a good job, you know, you make the good grades along the way. And so that's what I did. And so I was working in my career. I worked for the federal government for 16 and a half years. So about 11 years in, you know, everything was going well climbing that ladder, things are going to plan. And, you know, I had a really good year, you know, as far as the work I had done that year and things just kind of got disrupted, I'll say. (laughs) In December of 2016, performance evaluation time, felt really good about the work I had done and everything. And then in the office, I remember sitting there in the office with my manager, sitting across the desk and then, you know, tears coming down my face because I just had received like this mediocre performance review. And I was just thinking like, you know, this can't be it. Like I've done all this work. I've done all these things. I followed all these rules. And yet I find myself sitting here feeling limited and undervalued. And I just did not like the way that felt with somebody else making that decision for me. And that was just like, my eyes were just open to something different, like new paths and possibilities. And a part of that, I was not trying to side hustle. I was like, I'm just going to work this job. I, and I felt good about how things were going. And, and that was just like the some of like the the scales fell off my eyes and I could just see more clear, like, oh, this is not going to be it. And I knew at that time that, you know, finances, my money was going to be the thing that would give me the most options. And so that could have went a lot of different ways, but for me, it went towards entrepreneurship. So that opened that door, entrepreneurship. So 
like I said, that was late 2016, pretty much like, so the next year I started kind of being more open to entrepreneur opportunities. And about a year later is when I discovered financial coaching, which is what I do now. And honestly, just shifting my mindset around that, that, oh, my salary at my job is not the only way to make income. And even if I do all the right things, that it still may not go the way that I want it to go or happen the way that I think it should happen. And just taking back a lot of my control to, because I had been making some good financial decisions up to that point, but it's really emphasized like, oh, okay, no, you really have to take control of what you what you want for yourself. And I just saw, saw entrepreneurship as an avenue to do that. Did you have any like role models, any family members that you could look to for guidance or inspiration? You mentioned I was listening in another episode that you did with another interview that you consider yourself risk adverse, right? So how do you go from risk adverse to start dipping your toes into side hustle land and entrepreneurship? So I I am generally risk adverse. You know what I like to think about? I'm okay with taking a calculated risk, right? So it's more about that. That's what I've kind of learned is like calculated risk. And even now I would still say my personality is still more risk. I'm I'm willing to take more risk now, but it's still going to be calculated. So my personality has shifted a little bit to what I'm open to doing, you know, the quote, the risk I'm willing to take, but it's still going to be thought out. I'm not going to just put myself out there completely where it's like just no safety net at all. But like I said, it was the mindset shift. So I didn't have specific role models, you know, as far as who were entrepreneurs. Like This was just was not even a to me, myself, I didn't have like a cultivated entrepreneurial spirit or anything. I just did not have that. But what really helped was just being open. Because once that performance evaluation thing happened, like just being open to opportunities and stepping out of my comfort zone. So like really my first way that I dipped my toe into entrepreneurship was a few months after that happened. A friend of mine, you know, network marketing, just like really the first thing. And it wasn't even for me, like trying to build this team and all this kind of stuff. It was just my way of stepping out of my comfort zone to do something different that I had not done before to start thinking different, to put myself out there in a different way. And so that really was kind of the first step. Like I said, it was later on that same year that I ended up discovering financial coaching, which is really what felt you know most aligned to me to do. But I would have never have thought about even doing that network marketing thing. One year before that, that would have never, never happened. So those baby steps, we talk about risk. It wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to quit my job and go out here and be a full-time entrepreneur. It was like, let me just do things try something new, try something different, push the limit of my comfort zone and just keep doing that little by little bit to get more acclimated to expand my mind and mindset around different things. So that's how I was able to navigate through it. Baby steps. That's really, it's not only mind step, but like also those small, tiny actions that we take to put one foot in front of the other. And then you look back years later and you're like, wow, look at all those little steps. And that led to a monumentous moment. You talked about financial coaching feeling aligned. For those who are looking for their side hustle or they're in the in-between stage where they're like, I want to figure out what I'm called for, what I'm going to be aligned with for the next stage of my life. How did you figure out financial coaching was for you and what you wanted to pursue? Yeah, so my background in education is in finance. Like my undergraduate degree is a business and finance degree. I bought MBA. And then I've always personally been good with money management. So, you know, it's funny how you can look at something in hindsight. And you can, I could look back when I was a teenager, even like getting my little bit of money I had then and being able to manage that well and, you know, make good decisions around whatever I needed to do with that. That has 
always been like kind of a natural, I'll say, gift that I've had as far as or skill that I've had as far as money management. And for a long time, did not realize that not everybody operated that same way with money, right? It wasn't until I got older, you know, college and beyond, talking with different friends or acquaintances or whatever, hearing things around money that I realized, oh, a lot of people, you know, really struggle with this or just don't think about it the same way I did. I can even remember thinking when in the college, like, and I did have scholarships going into college, but like, it wasn't like a full ride. So like what I did borrow though, I was always like, well, let me see how much I actually need. I don't want to take anything more than I need because I know I'm going to have to pay that back. So even just kind of being more attuned to certain things with money, like keeping myself out of situations as much as I could, you know, for what I knew at that time, that was always kind of there. And so actually at lunch with a friend and he and I talked about money every now and then we kind of like geeked out sometimes. And he was like a coworker friend. So we would talk about money related stuff. And he mentioned to me hearing about financial coaching on a podcast. And I swear to you, as soon as he said it, I was like, what is that? I need to know more about that thing, right? Like that's going to be it. And so pretty much I, and it's like, I immediately knew because I, my natural personality is to, I didn't know at the time was like more coaching related, like really helping people kind of explore their own thoughts and just being open to what people have to say. And funny fact, actually in high school for a period of time, like probably like my sophomore year, I thought I was going to major like psychology. So like, it was kind of like the perfect pairing of this practical side of money, having good skills with money. And then also that, which was always there, that psychology type thing, helping people with, you know, their emotional well-being and stuff like that. So it was like a perfect pairing. And I just knew, and I pretty much submerse myself into like figuring out what financial coaching is and how do I start this business and that really opened up the world like the online business and all that kind of stuff like so it just immediately resonated with me and then when I look back it was like I said in hindsight I could see how okay I see how this works together with my natural interests and abilities anyway. I love that. So your natural interests and abilities, taking those tiny steps and actions and also being open is really what's like cooking in that pot of thinking of, okay, let's think about entrepreneurship. So I know that there are different situations, right? There are some people who pursue entrepreneurship out of more desperation. They're like, I hate my job. I just have to leave. It's toxic. And they quit. And then there are other people who have this savings runway where they're like, okay, I'm going to leave at X amount or X date, right? And in the meantime, I'm going to build up my savings and build up my buffer. So which of those camps were you in? And if you did build up a savings buffer, how did you determine how much you needed to save to actually eventually take the leap? Yeah. So as I shared, I am about taking a calculated risk. So I was definitely in the camp of building a savings runway to take the leap from my job. And if you have the opportunity to do that, I would definitely say build that savings runway. I understand. Well, I'll say this. My situation at my job was not toxic. I had switched positions from that performance evaluation situation. I had gone into different roles since then, but even my last role that I was in at my job was not a toxic position. It just was no longer what I wanted to do. Right. And I just knew that I felt compelled to do something else and pursue this entrepreneurial path. And I had always been like a good saver. Like I said, I had healthier habits around my money anyway. And then once I discovered financial coaching, that just led me to look even closer at my own personal finance habits and research things and like start putting even more things in place for myself. So it just hit me on my own financial journey with that. So already having been a good saver and matter of fact, 
probably an oversaver for a lot of things, not saving as intentionally as that should have been for certain things, like doing too much saving. But it just led me to, you know, review my current finances and look for opportunities to streamline. It was able to pay off my consumer debt. I was real mindful of the debt that I got in anyway. Like, and even now I'm not like opposed to debt, but I just will always be mindful of my debt. Even like I said with the student loans, I'm always going to borrow what I need, you know, because I know I got to pay that back. And so I always just felt like with debt, I didn't want to box myself into a corner by, you know, having too much debt and then having to figure out how to pay it off and everything like that. So that was one thing that I had always practiced was good debt management. So I was able to pay off the rest of my consumer debt. And I also just thought about where I currently am and then what would change when I left my job. And so that was one of the big things, like, you know, as far as insurance coverage, you know, what I need to prepare for to cover or create on my own. Once I left, that would be something that I think about potentially what expenses might go down, you know, as far as commuting into work. Or like, so there's so not everything is like a increase, you know, so there's some things that may change and go down as well. So I just was thinking about, okay, what's my before and then what's my after? And that helped me determine how much, you know, I needed to save. And so I ended up for myself saving about a, a two-year runway of living expenses. And that was one because I'm conservative. <laughs> Converse, right? And I also knew that I wasn't generating enough revenue in my business to cover my living expenses. So I wanted to have the peace of mind and knowing that my livelihood was fine, I would be covered and give myself that breathing room rather than having that immediate pressure of making money for my business right away to be able to like live off of. So that was my own personal thing. Like I said, my own personal comfort level for where I was and my personal situation. Everybody may not need that much. I mean, again, oversaver here, right? (laughs) Recovering oversaver. But I did feel like since it was such a big change, that's what made me feel comfortable to take the leap. You know, it's so interesting because for me, my runway to take the leap was a lot shorter and my approach was different. So I pretty much was taking the success of my side hustle and storing all of that money into my runway fund, my going full-time fund. And originally I was like, we're doing great. Like I was over, like just beating my corporate salary at the time. And I had a goal of saving three months because I had the projection of like my corporate, like, you know, like my side hustle is like doing really well. Like I'm actually saving this aside. And then my dad was like, okay, three months. Okay, let's <laughs> let's beef that up to six months. And I beefed it up to six months. Again, taking all of my savings from that side hustle and throwing it into that going full-time fund. But like you mentioned, the alternative is, okay, saving your full runway of however long that is for yourself and being able to offset, even if you're new gig is not going to compensate you 100%, you have a pot to pull from, you know? So it's really interesting of these nuances about like knowing your situation and knowing how you want to determine that amount. I will say, I wish I would have done a little longer. I wish I would have had like nine months or a year. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I'm glad to say that as far as like, there's different ways to do it, right? And I actually love your approach. So if I had to, I guess, give advice to someone, I don't regret the way I did it. I mean, I think it worked for me. It's it's working for me, it's fine. But if I had to like give somebody else advice as far as taking the leap, I would say, do what you did as far as like create that revenue through your business that you need. So you can see that your business is already operating that level. It kind of makes it a smoother transition. I just knew where I was, even like the mental space coming out of, 
COVID, just where I was, I was like, I need to leave. And for me, like I said, it wasn't even so much the job. It was like, I just need to, trying to do both of these things. I feel like I wasn't fully showing up. Neither one, I really couldn't give my business the energy it needed to, like, even if I wanted to increase the revenue, it just wasn't there for me at that time. And so I just knew that the way to help with that was like, all right, well, if you can't quite put the energy in that you need to put into great revenue that you need, you need to have the runway to give yourself that space once you're out. So yeah, there's no one right way. So I'm glad you shared your way too. That's great. There is no one right way, right? Personal finance, personal, every situation is different. And I'm really happy with how I did it, but I wish I would have taken more of that time to actually extend my savings plan. And to put like a wrench in my situation, I was also pregnant at the time. So I walked away from a fully paid maternity leave. And I'm paying for it dearly right now as an entrepreneur, still paying for it a year later. So all of these things come into play. And this is part of like the learning lessons from employee to entrepreneur. So let's talk about the differences. What are the financial differences that you've discovered from being an employee versus now being an entrepreneur? What does that look like for you? Well, the biggest financial difference for sure is the variability in income. Well, especially the government job, it was very stable. I knew that paycheck was coming in every two weeks, like clockwork. And it just don't work that way necessarily when you're an entrepreneur. There's a lot of variability, especially when you're first starting out. So even though I had my business for three and a half years before leaving my job, I really felt like I was almost starting over again by going full time. It's a totally different ballgame when you're kind of doing something on the side versus when you're like, okay, I'm about to really rely on this as my livelihood. And I'll be honest, during that three and a half years, it was more like a hobby you know, I kind of dabbled in it. I, I worked with clients, but it, it wasn't like super serious. Like, that's why I say, if you can go ahead and create the revenue, like take it seriously to create the revenue to, to bridge that gap. And I, and I just didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, but the variability in income, is, I would say, is one of the biggest financial difference. Also, again, coming from a government job that had really good benefits, you know how sometimes they'll say like, you know, go ahead and leave your job. The benefits aren't that great anyway. Well, no, my benefits were excellent. <laughs> I really had great benefits through my government job. And that's all I had ever known. I had started that with that job right out of college. So that's been a difference as far as just creating my own benefits, whether that's retirement benefits or insurance and healthcare benefits, having to do that. But part of this has also been just recognizing that I'm in a season of income building. So where I was a high earner in my previous job and like really kind of, like I said, literally living off of savings, that's a big identity shift along with being an employee entrepreneur and everything else. So that's just something I've had to come to terms with where I went from a place of having a lot of excess, you know, more than I needed and just trying different things to do with the excess money that I had versus now like, okay, my income is a fraction plus before, right? And it's like, okay, but it's recognizing that I'm in that season of building income again in a different way, in a different career. So that's been also just different with financial. So just pay more attention like I said, I always manage my money, but I pay, I pay more attention now and even more mindful than I was being because I just know that it's almost like being on a fixed income, right? <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at right now. So not not going without anything or being deprived of anything, but but just being okay with like, all right, and reminding myself of why I'm here. So giving up some things in the short term for the bigger picture and just really prioritizing what I need to do right now. That variable income is so real and it can be really scary, right? It could be very scary. 
And from personal experience, last year, I had to actually dip into my going full-time fund and use that to cover expenses and make sure that we were whole and solid. And it just pained me so much to go into that account. I think for me personally, we know we have emergency savings for emergencies, right? But seeing those funds dwindle down as an entrepreneur, it really makes you question like the math ain't mathin', right? Like this income's <laughs> supposed to be here, so I don't have to dip into it. So can you talk a little bit more about this identity around entrepreneurship and the lessons that you've had to learn? Because like you said, from going from comfortability with a nine to five to really taking the income generation on your own, it's two different things and your mental has to be sharp. Yeah. So I would say definitely because I did have the financial preparation, the challenge for me has definitely been more mindset and mental. Because I've experienced like this feeling of money insecurity because of the level of, of uncertainty that comes with being an entrepreneur and that variability income. I've experienced money insecurity, even though things have literally gone to plan, right? The plan is working. The fund is working. The money is there. But you still feel that sense of insecurity because like you're just not sure. You're trying to figure it out. It's like it just creates a lot of mindset drama, especially I would say last year, like my first year out. It's still there. Don't get me wrong. But like this has definitely like, calmed down a bit more. But I have to actively manage that and my emotions around that because we have just that sense of just being so different and feeling so uncertain and unsure. And like, is this going to work? All of that stuff comes up, a lot of mind drama around it. And that's despite having literally safety nets in place, plans working as they should, nothing going wrong here, not going without anything. But it's just like your brain will just goes like in the hyperdrive of like, because it feels like it's out of safety, right? And so it feels like this is unsafe and I'm not sure about this. What are you doing? <laughs> so like, of course, I mean, even now, I don't regret leaving my job. I haven't regretted it one time, but I have definitely have thoughts about, should I get a job? Like, what should I do? And I have experienced a little bit of this during the latter half of last year of like looking at kind of contract gigs and not even so much for the money, but just because that felt safe and familiar and comfortable with me, like to just go work somewhere. But I would try to, I was sneaky though. I would disguise it as like, Oh, well, I'll go do it to get more experience or I'll go do it for things like so. But really what it was about was just that feeling of insecurity and trying to find a safe space or it's like something to make me feel safe again. So I would say the biggest things as far as like that identity shift is about mindset and realizing, yeah, that steady paycheck is not necessarily going to come in and then not allowing that to necessarily be a problem, that the money flows differently, right? It's not always a problem that it flows differently. It's just very different than what you're used to. And so that's been a part of it, but it will kick up some some emotions for sure. Absolutely. We're going to talk about the money flows because I think that's an important part of the conversation. But I wanted to share personally that I also feel in addition to the different ways that we pay ourselves, like not having a steady paycheck. As an entrepreneur, there's this, especially like since we're in the online space, right? Like for me, I'm doing an online business, content creation. There's a lot of talk of like scaling. And something that I did in the past, a little bit as a side hustler was like investing in my side hustle gig, right? Whether that's like the products I use and the services, But moving into entrepreneurship and like having the time to fully devote, I did feel this like 
internal pressure and some external on social media to like scale and to hire a team and to grow and to hit multiple six figures. Like there's just just so much immense stress. So I want to talk to you about now that you are without a steady paycheck, how are you managing your finances both on the business side and also your household? Because before you had your nine to five fueling your household expenses, maybe fueling all of the things, but now everything is reversed. It's like now your business is fueling your household expenses. So what does that look like and what's that flow like for you? Yeah, so one of the main things here, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs run into is like keeping expenses separate, right? So keep your business income and expenses together and keep your personal finances separate from that. You know, your business is now what's feeding your personal finances, but just for your records, bookkeeping, organization, you have to keep that stuff separate. And that way, as a business owner, you want to see how your business is performing. If you're always like dipping in or things are all kind of commingled, you really can't get a clear picture of what's happening in your business anyway. To be able to make decisions from investment decisions, financial decisions, whatever it is for your business. So one thing that I do, I am paying myself from the business a small amount right now. Pretty much right now, I'm still living off of my savings at this point. The money I have generated in my business, I have used to like invest in some things like unexpected investments, but like investments like in coaching programs and masterminds and stuff like that. And I'm glad to have been able to fund that through my business because I had that runway, right? Because normally that would have been money that I needed to pay myself. So having that runway gave me the space to be able to use that money for something different. That investment will help me to grow and make more money later. So I definitely keep things separate. I pay myself let's say from the business. So even though the income, the money flow may be variable, I try to keep a regular paycheck. So I have, a, you know, at the end of the month, I pay myself, you know, same day, I pay myself, you know, the set amount that I do. So that's how you can create some steadiness, some regularity in your business. And really you start with what you can. So you might not be able to pay yourself your full amount yet, but like whatever you can feel comfortable saying, okay, I know I have to pay myself. If, if it's a hundred bucks. I can pay myself this hundred dollars every year just to get in the habit of, this is how much I'm going to pay myself on a regular basis. And you can always increase that over time. So that way on your, it helps on your business and your personal side, because then you have a set amount that's coming out at a set frequency. And so you can manage that for your business finances. And then on your personal side, it's like having a paycheck come in. You know, when that money's coming in, you can make your budget or plans accordingly based on that. So you have to create that steadiness or regularity when you have variable income. Another thing I do is I do maintain a money plan or budget which I, I had previously, but I pay more attention to it now. Like I'm more mindful of it just because there's not as much excess. When you have a little bit of excess, it gives you a little bit of wiggle room, breathing room. You still want to look at things, but you might not have to look as closely and everything like that. So now I do pay more attention and probably look at it a little bit closer than and manage it closer than I, than I did when I had, you know, this regular paycheck coming in and, it, and there was excess there. Planning ahead is very important. So I think about what's coming up, you know, saving, allocating money for that early as possible so that I have more time to save for things. So those are things that I do. Like really, it's a lot of the same habits as far as like day-to-day money management that I was doing before, but I might pay more attention to them, be more mindful of them. And like, it's more on a kind of magnified scale right now during this period. (laughs) But these are all healthy things to do, whether you have a paycheck coming from a job or not, though. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what I'm realizing also is that economic downturn is real. 
and it can impact our finances as well. And I think that for me was the big shift, not only personal life, meaning having a baby and starting a family and all those things while I'm leaving corporate, but also we went from an economic climate of abundance and excess in a large quantity and large scale to now people are really looking at their checkbooks. Eggs, for me, last my check was like $9. You know, summertime, gas prices are probably going to go up. Inflation is roaring like never before. So I know like online, people don't want to admit it, but there is these traces of economic downturn and really understanding how your money flows as an entrepreneur is like so important. For me, some things that I do, I have a tax bank account. So as soon as income comes in, I just put, you know, that percentage away. So I don't have to worry about it because that tax bill at the end of the year or whatever will catch up to you. And it could be very painful if you're caught slipping. So that has been really helpful. I do similar to you. I do have this steadiness of like, okay, I'm going to draw down funds to pay myself at certain intervals of the month, which has been very, very helpful as well. Is there anything that you felt like as you were transitioning to full-time entrepreneur that you overlooked? For me, I'm going to be honest, I overlooked the healthcare benefits. Girl, you were pregnant. Like, how could you overlook? <laughs> how could you overlook? <laughs> Hello, but that's honest, right? Like, yeah. I think it's important to be honest and real. Yeah. It's a lot to think about, right? And I also felt like I overlooked the retirement contributions a bit, but I had reached Coast Fi already. So, Coast Fi meaning that regardless if I add any extra money into my retirement savings, I will be set by the time I retire at 65. So these are the two things that I definitely overlooked the healthcare stuff and I kind of glazed over the retirement things. But I'm just wondering, is there anything that you feel like, mm, if I could do it over, I would keep a, a better eye on these things? So those are two really good things that you pointed out. I thought about both of those things. Those are really important things to me. So I had thought about healthcare, figured the solution out for that. And retirement, just like you, I actually had realized that I had enough in retirement to, if I didn't contribute anything else, then I will have enough in there for regular retirement age. So same thing, close by. Now that balance has gone down with the latest, <laughs> with the way the economy was set up last year. But even so, that money is there. You know, the market will eventually rebound. And something else is I have been able to still contribute to like a Roth IRA like last year and plan to do it this year. So like I still have some contribution going towards that. So I would say those two things were okay. For me, it wasn't so much as far as overlooking it, it wasn't so much the financial. I feel like I did pretty good because that was over the course of years that I had kind of thought about those things. It was more the mindset stuff. Even though I had done tremendous mindset work over just to get to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to quit the job. Like even just getting there, it took years of work. And I leaving my job, I felt better prepared for like the mindset stuff than I actually realized that I was. Like, I didn't expect so much of that money insecurity and mind drama to come up with the identity shift and everything like that. So that kind of caught me off guard. And honestly, I don't know if you can really prepare, like you can know that conceptually ahead of time, but I think until you experience it, you really don't know how to prepare for that until it's happening. But I think being aware that this, hey, this really may come up for you 
does help. I don't think I was as aware as I would invite somebody else to be or share with somebody else. So anybody listening, those feelings are very real with that identity shift. And it may not hit everybody the same way, but that was something that looking back, that was, I guess you could say overlooked that it would have such a big impact with that shift. Considering all the work I'd already done, I just was not expecting it to be that much. Realizing just how much more needed to be done, I guess, like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so that, but on the financial side, I felt pretty, even now, still feel pretty good about what I had put in place and what I prepared for to the extent that I could. I mean, there's always can be something that you just don't even know about, but I don't feel like anything has come up so far where it has totally been like, I didn't even think about that at all. <laughs> and that's the power of being prepared, right? Being prepared and being ready to the best of our ability, we can really like be able to withstand some of the roughness that comes with entrepreneurship. As I mentioned earlier, I have had to dip into my going full-time fund, which was intentionally set up to curtail any issues that would come up. So I'm happy I had that runway. But my big question now is, especially in this like one to two year entrepreneurship space, do you have any recommendations for building the space in our finances to rebuild that savings, right? Especially because our income is variable, there may be abundance, there may be some droughts, and those bank accounts we have are dwindling down. So any thoughts on rebuilding those accounts again? This is a good question because this is actually, you know, where I am. I'd say even now I'm still tapping into savings, which is you know, like a, like a different season for sure. But I would say as far as rebuilding, my thought is like, once I do start paying myself and you think about how much you want to pay yourself, think about paying yourself first as part of that, like build your savings into that number. And so when I'm thinking about the goal I'm trying to get to for like the monthly income to pay myself, like there's savings incorporated into that. So I know that will help me to rebuild. And this is not necessarily like building savings, but like, like I said, I had made a large investment into a mastermind. And I know that, okay, there's an outlay of money up front, but my expectation and my hope is that the return on that will accelerate my progress and being able to build revenue, build income. And then that will also help me to be able to save more and save faster to to make up for what I have been using. So just on the practical side, it's like, as you figure out, get your numbers to figure out what to pay yourself in salary, include savings as part of that. I mean, you may have to start with like a baseline of like, what do I need like literally to survive, like to make sure that all my bills are covered. But think beyond that, think about the next scenario after that of, okay, that's just kind of like bare minimum. But what I really want to do is pay myself this much because that includes me reaching my financial goals and, and replenishing my savings. And so think about that as your like next level scenario when, it, when you think about paying yourself and just incorporate that in there. A hundred percent. And this reminded me of like, as I was leaving corporate and we knew we were pregnant, I was now tasked with this job of saving for maternity leave. I didn't know, like I didn't have maternity leave savings, right? So I wanted to build that up with my new entrepreneurship money, right? So I did build that into my budget, right? I did when I was thinking about, okay, how much I'm making this month and withdrawing those funds, I built that in. And I was able to save three months of maternity leave on top of everything. And I definitely noticed that now that I don't have this urgency or I don't have like this something dire is happening in like, you know, seven, eight, nine months, like it becomes harder because it's not in your forefront in your mind. So I think what you said just 
hit the nail on the head, relook at your finances, think about what you want to get done, right? Because your financial goals doesn't stop as soon as you reach entrepreneurship. There's things that you're going to want to do. Maybe get a car, go on vacation, you know, like it doesn't just stop at entrepreneurship. So we have to find a way to build in that wriggle room for ourselves. So I needed that. That was financial coaching for me. <laughs> good, 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 good. I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> that so much. Sometimes, right? Like what we already know. Absolutely. To hear from somebody else. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes you just forget or you just are not thinking about because you're so like in your head about certain things. So it's just good to just reset and reframe and hear it from someone else. So celebrating over one year working for yourself, what has been some of the best moments that made you feel like this was the best decision for me? And some of the hardest lessons also you learned over this time as well. One, I would say just being able to do this, I feel like I'm grateful for. There's so many people who will like to leave their job or dream of leaving their job and but just for whatever reason, various reasons may not be able to do it. And so like the fact that I was able just to say, you know, I really want to explore this path. I want to try this out. Just see if it's for me, right? Because entrepreneurship is not for everybody. So I'm I'll be honest, I feel like in that testing period to see, like, I don't feel like I don't have to make a final decision right now, right? And it could be for a period of time and change later. Who knows? Like, I don't necessarily put those looks myself in. But so just being able to to do this is an accomplishment in itself. Like you gave yourself that flexibility, that financial flexibility, that space to be able to try something out and pursue a dream and have the courage to do it when even people who literally could do it if they wanted to may not have the courage to take the leap and take that calculated risk, right? So just that's one thing that I have to remind myself of because like in the day-to-day grind of entrepreneurship, you can lose sight of that really easy, like with the highs and the lows. And you, So sometimes I have to remind myself like, you literally are living your dream. Like, this is what you wanted to do, right? And like, you have to put that, pers- give yourself that perspective every now and then when you're experiencing some of those low feelings. <laughs> I will say another win that I've had is that like literally this month, so we're five months into 2023 and was checking revenue numbers. I have made the same amount of revenue in these first five months of the year that I made all 12 months of last year. So like I've collapsed that timeline by less than half, which is, really awesome. Like, and my mind wants to go to, well, but it's still not as much as you want to make, right? Your mind wants to go to like, and you need to like retrain your brain to say, well, no, like you literally cut the time in half that it took you to make what you took all last year to make. And a lot of that was attributed to like all the mind drama and stuff like that. So learning how to get a handle on that allows you to make progress faster. And so like that's, and even just that, learning how to manage my emotions, the emotional management and learning about myself and growing in that way is a win in itself. Some of the hardest lessons, I guess the flip side of what I just said, the time that can be lost from the mind drama, right? The time when you get caught up in these highs and lows and not being able to manage that, you lose a lot of time and like, and sometimes feeling like the resistance of the opportunity to be in this space and do this in the first place. You just can feel like really, like say in the place of resistance and it's like, well, wait a minute, like this is really a beautiful thing to be able to try this and learn this. And like, but if you're always feeling bad about things or in the mind drama of things, like you kind of like lose the experience. So learning how to lean into the journey and the growth that comes along with this, that's kind of been a lesson to learning how to do that. Let me learn how to do that because you lose so much if you don't. And let's see, other lessons. Oh, like I mentioned this earlier. So like trying to find security and like going back to like these other jobs or whatever, right? 
wasn't for necessarily, it's, it's fine if you need to do that, like to earn income, or even if you just want to do it, because it really is learning experience. But I knew, like, looking back on myself, that really wasn't what it was 100% about. It was more about that feeling of trying to find safety and something else when I could have been using that time, focus more on my own business. Because it really wasn't like realizing that you have everything you need right now. You don't need anything else. You're fine. Just use what you have and just put your attention, your time and attention to that. So that's, that would say one of the lessons learned too. You know, all of those like speak so near and dear to my heart. I feel like we're kindred spirits because <laughs> we are both like in this like newbie entrepreneurship world and learning so much about ourselves in the moment, right? And really figuring out like what we're made of because a lot of times when you're climbing the corporate ladder in the career, you're going to face obstacles, but it's different, right? The path is very well paved. But this path, not so much, you know, so (laughs) you're learning a lot on the fly. And I'm proud of both of us for all that we've accomplished. And go team, go team. (laughs) Yeah, the Internet glamorizes it. Social media will glamorize it. If you're looking for an easier path, like entrepreneurship is not necessarily the easier path. Right. But if you feel called to do it and compelled to do it and you're clear about your reasons why you want to do it, then know that it won't be easier, but it will involve a lot of growth and development and to be well worth it for you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Now, before we head out, please let everyone know about where to connect with you, your coaching offers, because I literally feel like I just had a coaching session right here, right now. So let everyone know how we can best connect with you and work with you in the future. Yep. So my central hub is my website, which is dollarsandchange.com. And on there, I do offer a free consultation if you're interested in one-to-one coaching, learning how to better manage your money and budget, savings, paying off debt. You can schedule a free consultation there. We'd love to connect with you on social media. So I spend most of my time now on LinkedIn. So you can find me at Chiante Jones, MBA, and Facebook, Instagram, at Dollars and Change Coach. Oh, I do have a free you have a freebie, Danielle. Also on my website, you can sign up for a freebie. I have a debt organizer. So if debt is one of your challenges. And so I have a, a guide and a video training for five simple steps to pay off your debt and create more financial flexibility. All right, Financially Savvy Travelers, that is all for today. Make sure to head over to the accompanying blog post where you can check out all of the links and resources and stay encouraged, whether you are a side hustler or you're an entrepreneur. So we'll talk to you all next time.